All right, we are live with an instant reaction podcast right after the Patriots game. Uh, well, not maybe not right after the Patriots game, but after soon after the Patriots game, uh, the Patriots pull to 500 and win at MetLife Stadium. It wasn't pretty, but as Matthew Judon says, a win is pretty. So I guess we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take it. Sloppy game all around. Um, some improvements, but the offense is still very concerning. So we'll take it. Well, and that's the that's the big thing for me is that like, do we, do you feel any better about this Patriots offense after that game than you did coming into the game? No, I mean I think they have more leniency with Mac Jones. I think they, I mean I'm sure we'll get there with the, yeah. what could have been pick six, but I feel like they could have looked at that and sat him down if they really wanted to, but. He was under pressure all day today. The line's a complete mess, especially with David Andrews out. Um, so really, I don't feel any better about it. Um, but, I mean, the Jets were 5-2. and two. They've had a top-ranked defense coming in, and you came away with a win. So Right. I think that I believe, and, and the, my numbers might be off, but I'm pretty sure they were top five defense in pressures, and they were a bottom five defense in blitzes. And so they've been getting pressure with just their front four. Yeah. All season long, and that did not stop today. Uh, Cole Strange had an awful game, just an awful game. And it's one of those things where, like, I think sometimes we sleep on how important other guys on the line are. Like, David Andrews is a really important guy on the line. He's so smart. He helps out other guys in the line. And, you know, Ference is okay. He's fine. He's, you know, he's serviceable. But he's not David Andrews. And I know David Andrews had a really bad game on Monday night, too. But, like, you know... It's sometimes having that guy next to you can help you a lot in saying, hey, you got to block this guy or you have to go do this or you have to make this or, you know, step this way or block this guy or whatever the case may be. And and he wasn't there. And man, Cole Strange was he was bad. He was just flat out bad today. Got two holding calls and then, you know, multiple pressures, a few sacks from him. I think might only be one that was credited to him, but. I mean, they were running. He was running for the for his life back there. Mac got sacked five times. It was the most he's ever been sacked in his career, and it felt like every single time he dropped back, there were guys in his face. Yeah, that just shows that Andrews is really the glue of the whole offensive line. And when you're getting benched in favor of Isaiah Wynn moving to at a guard position, which we haven't seen him play, yeah. uh, then things aren't going well. So right. I thought Ferenc he had a bad first half, and I thought he was much better in the second half. Yeah. Um, but I thought Cannon struggled today. We didn't hear Trent Brown and, and Wenu's name too much, so I guess that means they played the best out of the line. But like you said, four-man fronts, and they're giving up five or six sacks. I mean, it wasn't wasn't pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's not on Wenu. It's Owina or something like that. I don't know what he was calling them on the broadcast. He said it like yeah. three times. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? He <laughs> can't even say his name right. So uh, it was bad. It, the offensive line was terrible. The, the pick that Mac threw, Cannon got a chip from, I don't know if it was Stevenson or whoever it was. It wasn't much of a chip, but it was a chip. And he still got beat easily. It beat clean into the backfield. The Mac's arm got hit and, and, of course, ended up in an interception. And, you know, you kind of feel like that one's not on Mac. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they have to be able to move things around. I thought the original fourth down call, I didn't think it was a terrible play call. I do think that what what it should have been was Henry was open there. It should have been a throw to Henry in that in that spot. And I know the run to Mac had been working. You just needed a yard. I get that, but like I didn't love the idea. It's not Jalen Hurts back there. Like it's not even Zach Wilson back there who can run. It's Mac Jones back there. Like you're not. He's not taking off for a first down. That seems silly to me. I didn't. I didn't mind the play call. It was just like you know. He's got to he's got to be ready to throw that pass immediately, uh, and he wasn't because it was hey maybe you can run this you know what I mean it just it seems strange. Yeah, and I I agree. I thought the play I th- originally the design like it looked like it was Henry in the flat get it out there quick and then you see him realize he's not going to be able to run for that first down he just kind of floats it up into no yeah. man's land and it that was at that point I felt the level of concern and. Right. I felt like they were all confused. I felt like half the the other side of the field didn't even seem like they ran a route. Like it didn't even. Yeah, it, it was doesn't strange. seem like everyone was on the same page, and it was just weird that play. Yeah, yeah. I just you know, and it was tough. I mean, 
So the thing is, is that, and here's the crazy thing about this game is that this game could have gotten out of hand really quick, right? Um, of course you have that just, I, I mean, I, I just, I can't explain that, that pick six by Mac outside of that's one of just an absolutely absurdly bad throw. I assume he thought Myers is going outside, but it doesn't make any sense that the corner had outside leverage. Why would you think he's going to run to the outside? Didn't make any sense. So I don't know what Mac saw. I think he panicked. Um, and you know, and frankly, it was just, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. And that turns into, you know, that would have made it what 17, 17 to three. Right at the end of the first half, right? And then you look at it and say, man, the Patriots are cooked. They're done. And instead, you know, that gets called back on what was really kind of a questionable call. I mean, I I get it. I understand where they were coming from. I can see how he didn't let up. He took an extra step after. So I get, I under, I see that. But at the same time, it's like, man, that was just, it was not, it was not pretty. Um, and so, you know, you get a horrible decision. It winds up working out in their favor. Of course, Cole Strange gets to call for a holding on the next play, which, you know, who knows, make a call or not. I'm not really sure, but either way, uh, he gets called for holding on the next play. And the Patriots wind up being able to kick a field goal, but that swing was huge, right? That swing was huge. And of course the Cole Strange penalty, um, you know, negates the, the long run that Stevenson, it wasn't long, but the, the 10 yard run or so that Stevenson had, had down to the two yard line. So, you know, you get penalties that are offsetting things, and, um, you know, they they lucked out. But, you know, the game would have been over. I mean, it would have been 17-3, to and, and the Patriots would have lost. I mean, I think it was pretty clear that that would have happened. And then ends up being 10-6, and they get the ball to start the second half and go down and score a touchdown, and, you know, now it's a whole other game, you know? Yeah, and it's a – like you said, it's a completely different game. But they didn't let them throw another pass the rest of the half after that. Yeah. It was run, run like QB sneak on like third and 21 and yeah. take the points. And right. If that call doesn't, have, I do think it was, I understand the call is a little questionable. I agree, but by like the NFL's rule, it is a flag. Right. It just yeah. for Jets fans and Jets players and the, the staff, it's just, it sucks. Cause you probably, like you said, it's probably a, in the bag. You probably win that game if that call doesn't happen. And, then they come out, they put together a really nice drive to start the second half, and all the momentum's totally different. Right, right. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, they come out in the second half, and I have no, I don't know what happened on the kickoff. I don't know if it was an intentional squib or yeah. what, but it was really bizarre. He kicked it, you know, John who picked it up at like, he picked it up at like the 22, and then he gets it almost all the way to the 40, and then Ramondre has like a 30-yard run on the first play of the drive. And then Mac makes a nice throw to Tyquan Thornton makes another throw to, to Myers. throws an incomplete pass to Myers. And then on fourth and one, they go back to the air. They call a very similar play to the one that they called on fourth down earlier. And they scored us on this one instead. And I think that as much as people are questioning Mac going into the half, the fact that he went three for four and threw a touchdown pass on the, on the ensuing drive, was huge. It was huge for his confidence. It's huge for, you know, the confidence of people moving forward. And that's one of those things where like you get up 13, 10, then they miss a field goal. Then you drive down and kick a field goal. And now it's like, now all of a sudden, now you're getting some momentum. Right. And so I thought Mac was, was pretty good in the second half. I thought he was better in the second half. Still not great, but better in the second half. I saw some things from him that, that I was happy to see at least. Yeah. And, like you said, it's all about that confidence thing. And that third, it was third and one before the fourth down, and they go empty backfield. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, just yeah. run the ball one time. And the only thing I could think of is they want him to throw a touchdown so he can get his mental right. And then they right. come out again, and they obviously Myers went in motion, but again, it was an empty set. So you knew a pass was coming. It felt like a run wasn't even an option at that right. point. Right. But. And I, you know, I mean, I think, I think the coaches are trying to put him in the best positions to win. You know, you hear the sports up at the end of the game and I, you know, I was driving home. I watched the game with my parents. So I drove back home and I had the sports up on and they're talking about, you know, guys going, I, I still don't know if Mac is the guy. I think that, you know, and it's like, I, I don't know what you want to see from Billy Zappi. Like the second half, he was bad. He was bad in the second half against the Bears. Right. And I, I realized that Mac wasn't great today. 
but you got to give him some time. He played, I thought he played very well last year. And I know he faded a little bit down the stretch. I thought he played very well last year. And I think that they're, that they think that he is the guy. And so we have to trust that that's, that that's what they believe, you know? And if that's the case, then I don't know. It, it's hard, but that's to me, that's what you have to do is, is roll with them. Yeah. And how big is this game next week against the Colts right before the bye week? I mean, if you yep. win that game and Matt just looks solid, that's going to be another confidence boost, a lot of momentum, a whole bye week to process and then get ready for this Jets team that you just beat. They couldn't score on you the whole second half. They got one garbage time score at the very end of the game. I mean, they have a chance to be six and four <laughs> in a couple yeah, weeks from now. Crazy. And yeah. they really probably shouldn't be, but – they have that opportunity, and I think next week's game with the bye week after is going to be really big for the remainder of the season. 100%. And it's funny because I will, as much as we question whether Mac is the guy or not, at least they don't have Zach Wilson. I mean, my God, he is just – I mean, if you get anyone near him and you flush him out of the pocket, he just, he just turns into a pumpkin. He just is awful. I've never seen a guy throw so many bad interceptions. I mean – Max Max pick six was awful and inexcusable and a terrible throw. Zach Wilson had three of those interceptions today. Were you just like, even the first one at Bentley was like, he has Michael Carter wide open for a first down. It's the end of the half. You're up 10 to three. Just don't do anything stupid. And he throws it over Carter's head right into Jawan Bentley's hands. And it's like, what in the world? How do you even make that pass? And the, 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 the interception to, to McCordy, the first one on the sideline, that might be the worst throw I've ever seen. I just, like, what in the world was he looking at? I don't even know. Was he trying to throw it out of bounds? And if he was, why didn't he actually throw it out of bounds? And if he wasn't, there was no one there. I, I just, I don't understand what the hell he was doing. Yeah, it, I I completely agree. It just, he's thrown off his back foot. Like, yeah. fading away. There's no one in the, why don't you just throw it out of bounds? And then no the sense. third interception he did the same thing. He was just fading away, and he just threw it up. There was four Patriots in that crowd, and he overthrows the guy. And it's just – I saw a tweet, and it said, Zach Wilson is like if Patrick Mahomes played every game, blackout drunk. <laughs> and I thought – like the thought of that, it might be so accurate. It was so funny. And it's unbelievable. It, it's, it's true. He What is he doing half the time? He it had the worst, the worst 355-yard – yeah, passing game I've ever watched. Well, it's maddening watching the Patriots defense sometimes because they played that soft zone the whole time because they didn't want to get beat deep, right? And I understand they got beat once by Mims on a blown coverage by by uh, by Mills. So fine. But, like, they didn't want to get beat deep because they figured the only way the Jets can beat us is if they, you know, get a big play and they end up scoring a touchdown on, like, a 50 or 70-yard pass – and if we can just prevent them from doing that, at some point, Zach Wilson will screw up. He'll do it at some point. And they bet on that happening, and and I mean, they were right. But it's just it's crazy to think that like he had all, he had that many passing yards because they were just like, fine, throw it. You can throw it underneath all you want. That's fine, and you'll even complete some of those passes. But you know, we know when push comes to shove, and you really have you really need it, and we can get in and pressure you. You're gonna do something stupid, and we're gonna and we're gonna you know benefit from it. And it happened all day today. Obviously, they they had the three picks, but most of the time, when he was running around for his life back there, when guys had pressure on him, he's running around. There was no doubt that they were gonna that something bad was gonna happen for the Jets, whether it was a throwaway or you know or an interception or something else. I mean, it was just it was just bad. Yeah, and they got pressure all day, and they only had two sacks. I mean, yeah. they're at, they're both in the fourth quarter, and. Why didn't he just take some of the sacks instead of making those throws? Obviously, you should throw the ball out of bounds a couple of times, but just take the sack. Don't do something stupid. Right. Well, and that's my like you said, my dad actually said. Knew. Yeah, my dad actually said he goes. I think Jets fans are are happy with that sack because they they'd rather the sack than the pick. <laughs> um, but they said so. Uh, Matthew Judon came up with a new stat today called a uh, called a boogie oogie. Uh, and the boogie oogie is when you don't take the quarterback, but you pressure him into making bad throws. Uh, and so that may perhaps be in reference to to Sam Sam Donald a few years back when he said he was seeing ghosts back there. But nevertheless, uh, a new stat: the boogie oogie, and the Patriots forced many of those today, um, and, and did a nice job. But you know, 
I just think that second half, and this is really where where it comes down to, right? You start looking at it. Six plays, 62 yards on a touchdown for the Patriots. Seven for 48 in a mixed field goal for the Jets. Then 10 plays for 34 yards in a field goal for the Patriots. Three and out for the Jets. Four, four plays for zero yards, but a field goal for the Patriots. An interception for the Jets. Then the Patriots at the punt because they get nothing. Another interception for the Jets. Field goal for the Patriots. But here's the problem, right? If you start looking at it, you say, okay, they had two decently long drives. After that, four plays for zero yards, three plays for one yard, four plays for four yards, three plays for six yards, five plays for 17 yards. Those are the Patriots drives after that second field goal of the half. And even that second drive, they had ten, they needed 10 plays to go 34 yards. So they weren't moving the ball in the second half. They just weren't making horrible turnovers like the Jets were. And, and that's where it becomes like, from an offensive perspective, you're just not super happy about what happened today. Like, I, I just, I don't know if you can walk away from this game saying, hey, you know, we're okay offensively. We're going to be fine. Because I just don't, I don't know. Now, Parker was was ruled out today. Is it a serious injury? We don't know. Um, you know, but nobody else really did anything. I I, th- I believe now, I believe if you look at the stats, I'm pretty sure, um, I think Myers had seven catches. And outside of Myers, I think uh, Tyquan Thornton had, Myers, I'm sorry, had nine for 60. And Tyquan Thornton had one catch for 13, and Aguilar had one catch for two. That's it from the wide receivers, nothing else. Henry had one catch. Damian Harris had two. Jonu Smith had three for 10 yards, and Ramondre had seven for 72. But they had no offense outside of Jacoby Myers and Ramondre Stevens, and that was it. It was just those two guys. And so other guys are going to have to be able to get open somehow, and they're going to have to drop some good plays for these guys too. I think that, especially in this game, like you know the Patriots' offensive line can't block the Jets. You know they can't. So why are you having them take a five-step drop and running these you know long passing plays? It doesn't make any sense. Run a quick cross, quick cross across the middle. Run a quick slant, do something like that, and get guys open quick. So it's a three-step dropping out, and I think that that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference between what Zappy did and what Mac did. Zappy was taking three steps and it was gone. Mac is doing these longer drops; they're longer developing plays. I know you can do more, but why do you need to do more? Just run the offense. You've been running with Zappy. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just drives me crazy. I thought that first drive, the first two drives, the one, the ten play for thirty-four, and then the touchdown drive, they did that. I thought the ball right. came out quick. I remember a couple times, like the quick hitter to Aguilar, and it was only two-yard gain. Uh, yep. They had a couple to, to Janu, quick hitters, and that's what we were doing with right. against the Browns and against the Lions, and it was working. And then it felt like we get a little bit further into the game, we go up two scores, and they got away from that again. And they were they were right. doing those five-step drops. He started taking more and more pressure again, and there was no downfield threat once Parker was gone for the rest of the game. I mean. He only played a couple snaps, and who knows what they would have done with him if they were to ran him down the field. But they didn't. It felt like they never looked down the field at all for anything. Yeah. You're taking a five step drop and you're throwing within 10 yards. Yeah, it so doesn't it make just, any sense. It defeats the purpose. Right. Yeah, it's just bizarre. And it's just one of those things that, like, I think you have to question the offensive play calling, of course. But, you know, you look at Mac, and, and again, like, I don't know, does it give you a ton of confidence in him moving forward? It doesn't. Like, it just doesn't. Now, again, He's the starter. Zappy's not the starter. Mac is a starter. But like, you know, get him comfortable again because he was so good last year in you know playing that same type of offense that Zappy was playing. And they're running a different offense this year, and it doesn't make sense. Like the whole point of this offense was that the ball gets out. You know, if you're running the Shanahan, the quote unquote Shanahan offense, the ball's supposed to come out quick. You're making quick passes. You're not you know taking five step drops and throw. That's not what you're doing. So I just. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I do think too, like, look at what Miami's doing right now. You know, now Tua has been played has played okay, but Miami has Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, two of the fastest guys in the league, and they're just throwing it up to them. They're throwing them quick passes and letting them get open. They're throwing, letting them run after the catch. The Patriots should be doing that too. Like they have Tyquan Thornton and Nelson Aguilar. They're both really fast. Get those guys the ball and see what happens, you know? Let them run deep and let Mac take a few deep shots a game. Like, why not? It just, yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Like, they're just in this in-between thing. Like you said, he's taking a five-step drop and then throwing it within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. It just doesn't make any sense. And 
has Hunter Henry disappeared? Like last year, he was so heavily utilized and so important, yeah. and now it's he's not even looking his way. Right. I mean, it was really good to see Zappy looking his way, and it was like kind of like last year's offense, and that was the two most productive games of Henry's season so far. But yep. it seems like Zach has no – I mean, Mac has no interest in throwing the ball to Hunter Henry. I just don't understand that. He's one of your best weapons. Yeah, it's bizarre. And that seam route has been open all year, right? And and he hit him on it last game, and he hit him on it this game too for 22 yards. I mean, it looks good when you throw it. He just doesn't throw it enough, you know? And I thought that was – I thought that might have been Max' best pass of the day, right? Right over that, right over that jumping uh, linebacker and underneath the safety, and put it in the perfect spot on the other side of of Henry, away from the safety. It was a great throw. He's just not making it enough, and so it's just one of those things where it's kind of like the ball's there, like the you know the the throw is there, just make it. And whether it's the the play calling or whether it's Mac Jones, we don't know. But it's just like it doesn't look smooth. Nothing looks smooth right now. Ramondre is an absolute monster. He's just a beast. And so, like, th- that's great news for the Patriots. But, like, outside of that, it's it's been tough sledding for this team, man. Yeah, and I don't even know where they'd be without Ramondre. I mean, the things he can do after he gets hit, I mean, that 35-yard rush, he had no business going more than two yards on that play. Right. And he yeah. made something happen. And he's turned into such a good receiving back. Compa- just compared to what he was last year, we thought this team might have James White coming to the year. Ty Montgomery goes down. And yep. now Mondre has to be the receiving back, and he looks really, really good in that role. And he, I thought he had some solid moments today in pass protection as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so, like, he's become the guy, right? And I like Damian Harris. I think Damian Harris is still a very good running back, which is good for the Patriots to have two of those guys. But Stevenson's the best all-around back. He's been fantastic. Um, and now – you know that Harris went down with an injury. Stevenson's now like the number one guy. Um, but like I said, I mean Harris is still a guy that can come out there and give you, you know, and give you good plays and you know run the ball well and run the ball effectively, which is great. That's good, right? You have you don't you know that's not a problem to have two good running backs. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see kind of where it continues. I just wonder, like, do you use Ramondre too much? Is it can that you know can that be an issue? So we'll see, but uh, but I do think that um, man, they're they've looked he's looked unbelievable. I think he did go to the blue tent at one point today in this game. So I was very that's worried. when I start, yes. that's when I started thinking, oh, maybe we're giving the ball a little bit too much, relying a little bit too much on him. Especially like you said, Harris is a good back, and Harris did have eleven rushing attempts today for only thirty-seven yards. He hasn't really looked great since he's been back, but I think he'll figure it out. He's a good runner, and it's contract here, so he'll make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, well, that's one of the interesting things is that like you wonder now what, um, what will happen, right? Like with Harris, will he come back? Will he be back next year on a, on a small deal or will someone pay him out there? And I think he's a good enough back that someone will pay him, but he might, they might not. And if they don't, I, I'd be okay bringing to, you know, Harris back for another year or two. Um, he may not want to come back because he may want to go somewhere that he'll be the number one guy. But, you know, this is the type of offense that that he plays well in. So, look, having in – in a team that is devoid of good, talented players uh, – or not, not devoid because that's not true. But a team that doesn't have a lot of talented players, I'll take as many talented players as I can get. And Damian Harris is a talented guy. So, you know, even if even if you got to pay him a little bit of money to stay here, I think it's worth it. Yeah, and – I'm just curious what you think with the trade deadline coming up. Do you think any of these players on the Patriots offense are serious candidates to get moved? Because I know I saw some Harris rumors and some Aguilar rumors and some Bourne rumors. And with the contract situation, I'm just – do you think any of them are in play to actually be moved? I mean, it's a good question. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know, right? The, the the trade deadline is what, Wednesday? Tuesday? Is it Tuesday? The first. It's the first, yeah. Yeah, Tuesday. So, look, if I'm the Patriots – I'm looking to move Nelson Aguilar. I'm looking to move Isaiah Wynn. If someone's willing to give me something good enough, I guess I'd consider moving Harris, but he'd have to give me something like that's valuable. And to me, you know, especially with a chance he can come back next year to me, it's like, you know, what are you going to give me that he's a, he's a running back. Like ultimately no one's really going to give you that much for him, you know? So I don't know if I'd trade him. Isaiah Wynn, you can have him. You can freaking have Isaiah Wynn. I know I know Marcus Cannon was not good today. And like you said, he ended up playing some guard for Cole Strange today. But like 
I'm sorry, Isaiah Wynn stinks. Um, and so if someone's going to take Isaiah Wynn, see you later, right? You can have him. Um, Nelson Aguilar is the same type of guy where it's like, hey, I like Aguilar, and let's see what this what this Devontae Parker injury looks like because that could obviously, you know, kind of dictate what they do a little bit with their, you know, with their wide receiver depth. But I think you have enough players, enough good wide receivers on the Patriots that, like, you can look at it and say, okay, you know, we're happy with Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson and uh, Tyquan Thornton being our three. And if you're going to give me a fourth round pick for Nelson Aguilar, see you later. Like, I'll I'll take it. You know, so um, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see them move someone, but I can't imagine. You know, as soon as that report came out that said, "Oh, Patriots are getting calls about these guys," I'm like, oh, "There's no way these guys are getting traded." Like th- those things don't come out unless unless it's not a serious trade offer and the Patriots are out there trying to drum up interest in guys that teams really don't have an interest on, or teams are offering a seventh round pick for Isaiah Wynn and like, well, screw you. I'm not trading him for a seventh round. There's nothing, you know? So I'd rather lose him in, oops, sorry. I'd rather lose him in free agency and get, you know, uh, get a comp pick back, you know, in two years, maybe a fifth round compact pick or something like that. So it just, uh, it's, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'd love to see it happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I think Aguilar is the really, the, really the only main candidate that it makes yeah. sense uh, because I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head with Harris. He can come back. So it's not going to be worth it to give him up for a fifth round pick as a running back or something like that. Right. But I think Aguilar could go to a wide receiving needy, needy team and who knows? We'll see. He looked pretty good in green Bay. Who doesn't have a wide receiver right now? Their wide receivers or even, suck. Or even uh, with the giants. Cause I could see that as a fit as well. Right. So like, it's one of those things where an Aguilar, like credit to him, uh, you know, all the crap that he's gotten in his career, uh, he's gotten a ton of crap in his career. And he really, from all accounts is a good guy. He works hard. He does what they ask him to do. He's in and out of the lineup. Sometimes he's starting. Sometimes he's playing 15 snaps. He's never complaining. He's never bitching about things. Like even when he's out there, like today, he had a really nice block. Was it a Ramondre run? I can't remember. I think it was Ramondre. Ramondre caught a pass out in the backfield uh, and kind of ran into Aguilar. got turned, all, turned around a little bit, but then he turned around and started blocking that guy and, and had a nice block. And so, like, you know, he does a lot of good things well. He's just like, he's just like, meh. Like, I'd rather see Tyquan Thornton out there than him. So, which we've been seeing, which is good. Yeah, I agree 100%. Do you want to uh, shift over to the defense a little bit? <sighs> Yeah, unfortunately. The defense, I'll tell you what, the defense looked like Swiss cheese in the first half. Just, I mean, awful. C- couldn't stop the run. Josh, uh, Zach Wilson was passing all over them. And then Zach Wilson flipped into, you know, terrible mode, and they and they took advantage. But it was just, it took them a long time to get going. They did end up having a decent amount of pressures, which was good. But again, they can't stop the run. They, you know, are giving up easy first down passes. And again, I think a lot of that was, was zone coverage. They were playing off the receivers a lot. They weren't really in the receivers much. So they play in zone coverage and they're just getting picked apart because, you know, there are guys running wide open because you're playing zone. You can't play zone in the NFL. Like I know, I know, I know that people play zone against like, you know, Kansas city because they're like, well, we don't want to get beat over the top or you play zone against, against the, um, against the, the uh, dolphins. Cause you don't have a choice. You can't go man to man against those two guys. But, at some point, you got to be like, hey, you know, let's play man to man a little bit at least. Um, and it ended up working out, but it looked really, really ugly in the first half. Yeah, it did. And I thought it was interesting that Joshua Bloodsoft was out there with tight end responsibilities. Yeah. I thought that was a guy who has been out of the lineup most of the year. He played against the Ravens and he comes right. in today. He gives up, didn't have a, an amazing day. I thought that first touchdown that Conklin caught was pretty good coverage. Just yeah. Conklin, I thought it was just the of the better player in that situation. And then he yep. gave up that one at the end of the game. But I, I was interested to see him out there and being a guy that they relied on. Thought he played extremely well, right, in, in, in preseason. And, I mean, you hit the nail on the head with the first one. He's in good coverage there. There's nothing you could do about that play. Conklin's just bigger. You know, Bloodsoe is like 5'11", and Conklin's like 6'4". And so he just can't get there. He mistimed the swipe by like a half a second and missed the ball. Those things are going to happen. The second one, I think he thought he had inside help, uh, and that help came way too late. 
uh, for him. I don't know if it was Bryant or if it was, I can't remember who was playing safety there. If it was, if it was miles Bryant or Mills or whoever, I, I don't know who it was, but either way, I think he thought he had some help in the middle and he did not. Um, and he got, he got beat to the inside by Conklin in the end zone. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know, like you, you're going to, you're going to give up some plays, but I think overall he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was okay. I think what you, you see is you, you see how much you miss Kyle Duggar. Um, I will say Jordan, uh, Jordan Phillips, Jabril Peppers had, I thought a fantastic game today, took the 15 yard penalty, which is a stupid penalty out, out of bounds, but he plays that way. He plays on the edge. He, he hits hard. Uh, he's really good in, in run coverage. He's really good tackling in space. So I think that, you know, he played extremely well today. I think he might've been, you know, one of their better defenders. Of course, Devin McCourty had a great game with two picks, but like, I was happy to see him play so well today. It was like, he's like kind of rounding back into form, which is good. Hopefully when Pepper, when, uh, when Duggar comes back and they're healthy, you know, you can see Pepper's almost doing a little bit more than he's doing now because he'll have, and I, I guess like you don't want, ultimately what it comes down to, you don't want him one-on-one against, against the tight end, right? So you has to be blood. So because Phillips is, is pretty good in one-on-one coverage. He had a really nice play at the goal line, but like, you don't want that to be peppers. So now it has to be blood. So, um, but he is good in, in what he does, but it's not, it's not the coverage piece, you know? Yeah. And I was looking for peppers last week against the bears. I was like, why isn't this guy spying fields? Yeah. During this game. I mean, they made some adjustments that Jamie Collins spying him at one point and stuff like that. But I was like, let's get like, I want to see peppers on the field. I've had enough of Mac Wilson. He's a small yeah. linebacker. He doesn't, he can't bring guys down. Like just if you're gonna play a small linebacker, why don't you play Peppers? Right. It's just right. my my thought process on it. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right about that. And, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. Defense. I thought the D line was okay today. They were all right. They weren't great, but they were better than I expected today, uh, which was good. They were able to get some pressure on there. Guy had a sack at the end of the game, which was forced by Judon. But guy had a sack at the end of the game. Judon was constantly in the backfield. Uche had just a terrible offsides penalty which ended up not biting them in the butt but like on fourth and ten to be that far offside it's just like you <laughs> get me guy um but you know he got one though he got a sack later in the game he did that's true he did <laughs> he did he tied so, it up right that time yes he did yeah yeah and the, the running back completely whiffed on his block and Uche made a nice play right I think he kind of you know went a little bit further out than, than the back was expecting and so the guy missed his block um but you know ultimately Ultimately, they did enough. The Patriots defense did enough, and they knew. I think the Patriots kind of know. It's like you don't have to do anything, you know, exotic with Zach Wilson. You just get in his face, and if you get in his face and pressure him off his spot, he's gonna make. He's gonna do something stupid, and he did that. Yeah, and I think they still miss Barmore. I mean, oh just, yeah, he eats so many double teams. I think the it just opens up for other guys. I mean, I think Dietrich Wise has been pretty quiet as uh, since that big game. Against yeah. the Lions, they had that crazy game, but and that's the game we haven't seen Barmore the past couple of weeks. So, right. I think guys like that, it helps when Barmore's on the field taking those double teams. Yeah, but Judon's just been an absolute menace all year. Like he's yeah. he gets to wherever he wants to be. He didn't have a sack today, but he had a bunch of the the word he made was it oogie yeah. oogie, oogie boogies. boogies. Yeah. <laughs> so he was in the backfield all day. Um, I still don't love the linebacker play in the middle. Yeah, but. It's something I think they can figure out. They usually can plug guys in. I just then maybe they go and get a guy at the deadline for that linebacker. I know people have yeah. been suggesting that and thinking about it. I don't know. They called up Collins last week and he didn't really look good. So right. we'll see what they do. I think they're. Nope. I think they're definitely going to add somebody at that position, though. You, I mean, you would think so. The hard part is that you know you have Juwan Bentley, who's pretty good. He's good for what he does. He's he does a nice job against the run. He's not very good in coverage, um, but he's a smart guy who you can put out there and, he, and you can depend on him to do the right thing when he's out there. Fine. And then you get two fast linebackers in McMillan and Mac Wilson, and they both are just like not that good. They're just not that good. And so it's like, okay, they're fast, but like, do they bring anything else to the table? Mac Wilson gets in the, gets in the backfield, but like, then he can't bring the guy down. Like he couldn't last week against Justin Fields. He made a nice play today on 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 the Zach Wilson punt interception. You know, he, he just strung Wilson out and didn't rush him. I mean, rushed him, of course, but like, you know, instead of attacking him, he just forced him towards the sideline 
and stayed in front of him and with him. Judon came in from from the inside, or maybe it was Wise came in from the inside, and you know, and and, and Wilson throws the, the pop fly interception. But you know, I do think that at a certain point it becomes like we we need more from these linebackers, right? And Cam McGrone obviously isn't ready, wasn't ready. I think he's in the practice squad though, is he not? So they yeah. must they must hate what they're seeing from him because they're not getting anything from their linebackers and they have yet to call him up. So um that's not really the ideal situation that you're looking for. Um, but uh it is it's concerning. It's concerning, right? The play of the play of the linebackers is definitely concerning. And so that's something that they're gonna have to keep an eye on and hopefully they might make a move at the deadline. You know, you never know. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily shock me. They they uh traded for Akeem Ayers that one year. I think was that 14? It was one of the other one in the Super Bowl. It was either 14 or 16. I think it was 14. Um, and he helped them out down the stretch. And that could be a guy that, you know, kind of helps them out. Look, are they are they making the Super Bowl this year? No. But the season was over if they had lost today and they won. And like you said, they have a chance now to, to be six and four in two in two weeks or three weeks technically, because they have the bye week, but they have they have a chance to be six and four in two more games. And at that point, if you've beaten the Jets twice and you're six and four, you're like you're right there. You're right on the cusp of making the playoffs and you just need to play a little bit better uh, offensively and defensively. And you hope that, okay, guys get healthy. Your offensive line gels a little bit more. You hope that some of those things happen. Um, But like, you know, getting a guy that you think can help you out wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, a guy that people have talked about is Bradley Chubb. I don't think there's any chance that that happens. We all know Belichick is in love with Bradley Chubb, but like, I, I just feel like as terrible as the Broncos are, they're not just going to give them to you. And, you know, Josh Uche in a second round pick ain't getting it done. I'm sorry, but Josh Uche isn't that good. And so I can't imagine that they trade, you know, him for Josh Uche and a second round pick. It just doesn't, I'm just sorry. It's not moving the needle for the, for the Broncos. So maybe if the Broncos had lost today anyways, maybe, but I still don't think they would have, but it just seems kind of silly for them to do something like that, you know? Yeah, I saw a, a report that they had a first-round pick on the table this morning. I saw after the game, after they won, and it sounded like they would have moved some guys if they lost today, but obviously they won. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I think it's probably more of a, the Akeem Ayers type guy, that right. a lesser-known name for cheaper. Yep. Who could How help you is probably what they go after. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But right. that's, what, that's what I think. One thing. I thought the special teams unit today had a huge bounce back. That was very good to see. Yes, Jake Bailey finally was good. Marcus Jones, my guy, dude, showing the showing the that like that burst right that you saw. And of course, you know Jabril Peppers with the absolute pancake on that on that punt return was awesome to yeah. see. He missed the guy on the next one. Uh, and then Jones got he hit. Was right as he, the he was going yeah. for the same thing. He was going for the same thing. And the, what's crazy is that if he makes that block, Jones had a ton of room. So that could have been another long return. Um, and he just missed, you know, it's like things like that happen. But, but he, you know, the special teams look significantly better. I think both times Barrios took the ball out of the end zone. They got, he got stopped short of the 20 yard line. So, you know, and Jake Billy, like I said, looked much better punting that weird, like, downing by DeMarcus Mitchell. It was kind of a dumb play by Mitchell to, to like grab it as he's running full speed. It was just like unnecessary, like grab it. And if you're flying towards the end zone, just throw it behind you. Like it was just, you know, and I think, I think it actually ended up being McMillan that was out, that was in the end zone. Cause I don't think Mitchell ever went into the end zone with the ball in his hands. Uh, but when he tossed it back to himself, when he tossed it back, McMillan caught it, and his foot, his left foot, was on the, was on the line. So I think that that's what ended up being happened. But even still, it's kind of like, dude, just yeah, you've downed it. Now chuck it behind you. You got six guys there. Like you don't need to catch it like that. So that's one of those like unfortunate plays where you're like, hey, it was a nice play. It was a nice punt by uh, by Bailey. But you know, it just kind of is what it is. On that, I do love the you know the fight from them and the, and the, uh, the hustle, I guess, from, from him, what he's doing, but you know, not ideal. It looked like the ball was going to check up on its own, honestly. Yeah. And, and there was guys, there was guys down there already. I thought it was just a kind of a bonehead move to come in full speed like that. Um, yeah. but Brendan Schooler had a really nice tackle on one of those Barrios returns around the 15 yard line. 
that stood out to me. And then obviously there's great execution on the field goal unit today, five yep. for five and can't complain about that. I mean, I know they're not touchdowns with their points. And right. If you're executing that correctly. I think they had a, did Jack Jones tip that, that missed, missed kick. So they were celebrating with him as if he did. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a clear shot about whether he did or not. He might've, but they went back to, you know, I mean, you saw all the guys that kind of, you know, congratulating them after the play. It seemed like, it seemed like the Patriots thought that he did get a piece of it, whether he did or not. I don't know. Um, but it certainly seemed like, you know, the, the special teams unit seemed to think that he did, yeah. but even if he didn't, it, you he know, it looked like yeah. he affected the kick, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Seemed like, so, um, you know, it, it, you like to see that, you know, and your rookies, Jack Jones had another good day in coverage. He did give up a pass, um, that was in front of him, but he didn't really give up much. Uh, he had a bad play on the Mims long catch where, you know, he brought his shoulder instead of, instead of bringing, instead of trying to tackle him, he like jumped at him up high, which was just stupid. Um, and then two page plays collided and missed the tackle and Mims ended up going for, for a long gain. But, you know, for the most part, he played well again today. They're, you know, their young guys are playing well. And so, you know, you, you can't ask for much more uh, from them right now. Yeah. And they all can, it seems like they all contribute in some way. Like they all have yeah. a role on this team. So that's yeah. really good to see. And, it seemed like in every aspect of special teams, they did something well today. So Right, right. I mean, they were bringing yep. in punters this week. They were working out punters. That's how bad Bailey was, and he, he right. obviously bounced back today. And I'm sure uh, the special teams coordinator, Cameron Accord, had a, a long, angry meeting at the beginning yes. of the week. Yes. Well, and I think that that's what it comes down to, is that at a certain point, you have to look at this team and say, like, hey, you know, and and the thing with him is that, you know, especially with Bailey, it's like, listen, Bailey, like I, we just paid you a ton of money, buddy. Like, and maybe he's hurt. I don't know. Someone was speculating that the guy on the, on the broadcast was speculating that maybe he was hurt a little bit, but he just hasn't been good. Um, and so it was good to see him have a, have a really nice game today. Um, that was necessary. Yeah. It's, I think that was the biggest part of the, game script today that I took away as the biggest positive was because the, the Patriots win games in previous years on special teams alone. And right. They can beat these bad teams on special teams. So mm-hmm. you want to see them be good at that. And that was a great step in the right direction today. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's get into our game balls today. No game ball for Mac Jones. Uh, he was meh. He was meh. Right. Someone in the comments was asking about Mac and how he played. He was fine. He was fine. He did enough for them to win. But, you know, realistically, it's you're looking for more from, from your starting quarterback. Um, so not not ideal. Not what you're looking for. So uh, but first game ball, and this is your game ball, Barrett, is going. Well, why don't you do it? Nick Folk. He's getting the game ball today. Five for five on field goals, hit his only extra point. Started off with a 31 yarder. Uh, in the first quarter, and then he nailed a, a 42-yarder in the second. He came out in the third. He had a 49-yarder and a 45-yarder. In the fourth, he hits a 52-yard, and it seems like that's his his mental barrier after 50 yards, but he put that one in today. And he's had his games before where he's you're just looking for him to hit every, hit every field goal. And he, honestly, I think he's had a bit of a disappointing season to start compared to, I mean, last year he was just automatic from everywhere. Yeah. So I think people came into the year and was expecting that, um, but it was really good to see him just be great today. I mean, 340, 40 plus and 150 plus is that's a good day kicking the ball. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and then he was, you know, he was really their offense. Right. And, you know, you, you mentioned it before, like they kicked a ton of field goals and they're not, they're not touchdowns, but they are points. Right. And and there was one time they elected to go for it on fourth down, didn't go, didn't go their way. They elected to go for another fourth down and they and they were gonna pick it up and score a touchdown. Um, but you know, ultimately it's like get as many points as you can because you know, especially with with the trouble they're having moving the ball, it's like, hey, just just get the freaking just score some points, you know, and, and it really become it became like they were up 13 10 and they couldn't really move the ball much. And so it was, you know, it was three more field goals from Nick Folk, and that was the game, right? And so it's like, if you don't get those field goals, you lose. And they were all, 
I think those were, you know, two of them were 40 plus and one of them was 50 plus. So like, that's, you know, that's the game right there. So, um, you know, I was, I was he really had, happy. He had 16 that. points. He had 16 yeah. points on his yeah. own. The Jets had 17. So can't right. ask for a much better day out of your kicker. Very Especially true. against his former team. I'm sure he was a little fired up to play. Uh, yeah, the, the, Nick good, Folk, the Nick Folk revenge game. So, yeah. um, so I will say, one before I get into my guy, there were people complaining about Belichick going for it on fourth and one and not taking the points down 10 to three. I just thought that was stupid. I just thought it was stupid. I thought the people the people questioning it was stupid because here's the thing. If you complete that pass to Hunter Henry, if he hits Hunter Henry open in the flat, everyone's thinking it's a great call. It's a great this. It's a great that. I understand not going for it a lot. I get that. But when you're having trouble, when you're having trouble moving the ball and you want to show some faith in your rookie, in your second year quarterback, and you want to show some faith in your offense, I don't mind it, especially when you, the defense feels like they can stop, um, you know, they can stop the Jets. And so, you know, and the hard thing for me, the, the hard thing about it for me is that people often look at fourth quarter calls and they judge them just based on whether they worked or not, right? So it's like, yeah, you can't go for it every fourth down like the Chargers do. But if you go for it every now and again and it works, Great, but but it's not whether it works or not. It's not like, oh, well, that one worked, so it was a good call. It's like, no, the call is good if it's a good call. Like, if it's in, done in the right place, it's a good call. It doesn't matter what the result was and, and when it happened. So um, that one, that just always annoys me when people are like, well, you know, they didn't get it, so it was a terrible call. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, like, if they had gotten it, would you be sitting there saying it was a bad call? I don't, I don't know. So... I like the aggressiveness from Belichick because he hasn't been aggressive really in the last like five years. He hasn't been aggressive like that. Yeah. I'm usually always take the points and I was yelling at the TV, like, go for it, go for it. I want like, yeah. I thought that was the spot. Cause like yeah. you said, you need to show you have faith in your offense a little bit. And right. I think if you just call a normal run play, you probably pick up the yard, <laughs> but yeah. And no one complains about it at that point, but right. I honestly was completely fine with it, and I was. I thought the the second fourth down call they should have just ran the ball on third down, but right, I was all for going for it both times that they went for it on fourth down, and one play worked and one play didn't. Well, which is the funny play. The funny thing about it is that it's almost like if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down anyways, why wouldn't you just run it on third down? Because exactly. maybe you'll get it on third down, and if you don't, hey, we're going for it on fourth down anyways. You know what I mean? It just I don't know, but whatever. Either way. All right. Uh, my game ball is going to Mondre Stevenson. Mondre was an absolute beast. Um, as somebody in the chat, I can't remember if it was, uh, I can't remember who the heck it was in the chat, uh, gave him gave him the nickname Mondre the Giant, who and I will be using that all year long. And maybe for the rest of his career, Mondre the Giant was fantastic today. 71 yards rushing, seven catches for 72 yards. He, of course, didn't score a touchdown, but he was their offense, right? Myers had nine catches for 60 yards on the touchdown. Mondre had 140 yards of offense by himself. Right. So like he was great. He was great today. Um, yeah, it's really nothing else to say. Like he just, I don't, I don't, yeah, he, he just gets like, he's tackled. And then all of a sudden he picks a 30 yard gain. Like how the hell did he do that? You know? So, and he just is bouncing off of guys. He's been fantastic. And so uh, Ramondre has been, I think their best player over the, maybe even over the course of the entire season. Um, but certainly over the last few weeks, I think he's been the best offensive player. And, and I think that's going to continue as we as we go here the rest of the way through the year. Yeah, I completely agree. And I do the I write the fantasy piece every week. And every week I'm like, who am I going to pick? It's going to be Ramondre Stevenson. He's the guy. Like it's right. not even not yeah. even a debate. And he was the whole offense today. I yeah. completely agree. And it's a little bit more fun when he gets into the end zone. But he did touch the yeah. ball 23 times, have over 70 yards on the ground and 70 yards through the air. So yep. completely deserving and. I think he's going to really build on this season. And he reminds me so much of like, he, I see like a lot of Dalvin Cook in him, like young Dalvin Cook, just the yeah. way he can bounce off tackles and like the way he plays. But overall, I think he's going to be their best offensive player this season. I mean, it's trending so. in that direction. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, my dad was saying, uh, Corey Dillon, he reminds me of Corey Dillon, just in the way that Corey Dillon would bounce off of tacklers. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you just can't bring him down. You know, and so uh, I think he's got a little bit more burst maybe than Dylan had. Uh, although Dylan had a lot of burst in, in when he was younger. When he, by, he got, by the time he got to the Patriots, he was still had some burst, but he wasn't quite as fast as he was early in his career. Um, but either way, Ramondre has been has been great, and um, 
you know, deserves deserves the game ball this week. We'll see what happens next week, but we're hoping that, uh, that that's the case. And listen, I mean, Sam Ellinger so far today. Let's see. Sam Ellinger in the first half against a Washington defense, which is just putrid. is 7 for 11 for 57 yards passing, which is not great. Jonathan Taylor was questionable to return with a, with an ankle injury I saw. I don't know if we've been back in the game since then. Um, they're at the half down 7-3 to three to Washington. But I don't know if he's played since the ankle injury, but I did see that he was questionable return with an ankle injury. That's something that, that bears monitoring. Um, their backup running back played really well when when uh, when uh, J- JT was out. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know what will happen in that situation. But uh, either way, it's certainly something that bears watching. Sam Ellinger next week. I don't know, man. They have to, you know, it's like now they're all must wins these next few weeks because, like, you have to start stacking up wins, you know. And the Jets haven't, the Jets now haven't beaten the Patriots in 13 straight games. Um, I think somebody said what the, in the last six years, the Bears have beaten the Patriots more than the Jets have. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. So, um, but, you know, they're just not. They're just not good. The, the the Jets, it's the Patriots. It, honestly, I feel like, and I was on a, I was on with the Jets guy this week, and I just, I was saying, like, I just feel like the Patriots. This is the measuring stick, right? The Jets were five and two coming into this game. We're thinking, hey man, we're on the right track. We got a lot of young players. We're like a good team, but this is still the measuring stick. The Patriots are still the measuring stick. They're still our daddies. Can we beat them? And they couldn't today. And a lot of it had to do with the Jets. And so now you go back to the drawing board, and the Jets, by the way, have the freaking Bills coming in next week. So that that's one where it's like, my God. You know, you get the Patriots, you lose. Now you get the Bills at home. That's probably a loss. Then you get the bye week, and you go into New England after the bye week. So it's like they could they could easily lose three straight and be five and five. You know, yeah. and the Patriots could be six and four and passing them in the division. Now all of a sudden the Jets are last place in, in the AFC East and feeling terrible about themselves as a football team. And so, like, you know, today could have been a big win for the for the Jets. The Patriots certainly didn't do a ton offensively to, uh, you know, to inspire confidence and really scare anyone. But they were able to do enough to win the game, and, and that's all that matters. Yeah, and hopefully they can do the same next week. They got to beat Sam Ellinger. They can't lose. Like, it feels like it's a must win, especially after you lose to the Bears. Yes. And – you got you got to win that game. That's the one that you got to have, and you probably have to have one that you shouldn't have. Right down right. the line there. So we'll see yeah, what happens. They, but if they want to make the playoffs, I mean that's well put. If they want to make the playoffs, you got to win at least one or two of those games. You know, maybe it's Minnesota on on uh, on Thanksgiving night. Maybe it's Christmas Eve at home against the Bengals. Like it's you have to beat someone that you're not necessarily expected to beat if you want to really compete for the playoffs because you still got to play the bills twice, you know? Yeah. Do you think the, like, what do you put the Raiders in that category? Because before the year, everyone's like, Oh, they're going to lose to the Raiders. So the Raiders. now is that, does that I fall mean, under a category of a team that stinks and you're going to beat them easily? I mean, I think it should, but I mean, have you watched the Raiders this year? Like they, they suck. The today, Raiders suck. today was bad. Today was bad. They're just, I mean, like Derek Carr today was just putrid. He was awful. And that team, like, you know, first of all, I don't know how. I just don't understand. And I know the Saints, they're they're good defensively. Fine. Derek Carr goes 15 for 26 for 101 yards passing. How do you complete 15 passes for 100 yards? How's that even possible? I mean, it's, like, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, you know, really to is. have 15 completions. And instead of went in and went 8 for 13 for 72 yards. So, like, Carr gets the hook, gets benched. Devontae Adams has one catch for three yards. Like, He's your best offensive player. I understand. I get it. He's getting double covered every play. Sure. Other guys have got to be open then. If that's the case. I mean, it's just, and nobody was open all game long. And it just, it was, it was really bad. That team sucks. Their defense is awful. Going into the season, I think a lot of people thought the Raiders are going to be good. And I kind of, I kind of was like, yeah, no, I don't think they're going to be that good. They, they've done a terrible it's job the drafting defense. the last few years. The defense is brutal. And, you know, they traded for Devontae Adams, which is good, and Adams is a great player. But, like, at a certain point, it just becomes like, okay, fine, it's Devontae Adams, but, you know, we don't really have anything else. You know, Mac Hollins is their number two wide receiver. <laughs> Mac Hollins, like, he's – I I don't know. I just, I just think, like, they have a long way to go. It's almost like a good thing, and I think – 
no one's really complaining about Josh Daniels yet. And I think it's because like they understand that they sucked. He had to clean house. They had to get rid of um, Leatherwood. They had to get rid of a lot of players that that Gruden drafted. Gruden and uh, what's his name? Mike, Mike Mayock drafted that just stink. And so they don't really have a lot of good players. And so, you know, it just becomes, hey, all right, out with the old, in with the new. And that's why it's it's bizarre to me they're not playing Zamir White. I really thought Zamir White, as their backup running back, would get a decent amount of run. And instead of playing Zamir White, they're playing Amir Abdullah, which I'm just kind of like, what is the point of that? Yeah. Zamir Abdullah, he stinks, <laughs> you know? So I, I don't yeah, understand I that, you know, but. I don't know. Did Jacobs. you see McDaniel's apology today? Apology no, to Raider Nation. He in his press conference, he came out and he apologized to uh, Raider Nation for not having his team ready and him not being prepared. My so, goodness. yeah, not ideal. So that'll, be, that'll be a fun watch for you. Yeah, that's later not. On. That's not great. That's <laughs> not great. That's not great. I thought he. I thought he was going to do well over there, and he still might do well. Um, but they extended the, They extended Derek Carr, who I think is not very good. Um, but they kind of had to. You kind of rocking a hard place there. You trade for Devontae Adams. He's playing with his college quarterback. Kind of felt like you have to pay him, and so they did. And he's just not very good. So, so that's not ideal. Um, so that should be a win for the Patriots, you know. So if they can win that game, and you can win these two games coming up, and and then you got to steal a few other ones, you know, because you got to get to at least nine wins, you know, and maybe even yeah, ten to get in the playoffs, you know. So. Um, so we'll see. That's why that Monday night game against that's why that game Monday night hurt so bad because that's a game you should have won, you know, that and you, you need as many wins as you can possibly get at this point, you know. So you're back to five hundred, you got a chance to to still make a run at making the playoffs, but um, you know, right now you're on the outside looking in and they're pretty far down on the outside looking in. So but you're only one game back right now of the Jets. And I know you're you know, you're one and a half games back of the Dolphins because they beat you, but if you can beat the Dolphins later on in the year at home. Now you don't feel so bad about that game, you know, uh, down in Miami. So we'll the see. I think, gonna co- you know. The Dolphins are going to cough one up too. You would they're think. Gonna, I mean, they almost lost the Lions today. They were on the ropes yeah, all day. They, they got the the Lions were the Lions when it when it was all said and done. But I think they'll cough one up. So it'll be big against them too when and that game comes yeah. around. Yeah, it's just you know it's and you start doing that that the math as you're like okay how do we get to how do you get to this many wins? And you just like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it, but at least, at least for another week, the, the season's still alive. Like, yeah. cause the season was over. They had lost today. That's it. Like three games back of the, of the jets, having lost to the jets and having lost to the dolphins, like at three and five, like you're done. Season's over, you know? So, um, but that didn't happen. And so, you know, so you say, Hey, all right, we're happy. We're, you know, we're still in it. And, we can go compete against the Colts and then and then compete against the Jets and hopefully win both those games. And then who knows? You know, you play a good game against the Vikings and and all of a sudden you're seven and four, feeling good about yourself. And you got a Thursday night home game against the Bills at home. Obviously, I just said that a little redundant, but nevertheless, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you, you got a you got a shot. You got a shot there to to make some noise. Now you probably don't beat the Bills, but you never know. It's one game. Like who who knows? You know, so um at least it gives it gives a little bit of intrigue going into that game, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And so. I think they just got to keep building on what they've been doing. I mean, this week, obviously, it was two steps back last week. This is your step forward this week. You got to build on it again next week. So Right. Yep. 100%. And and you hope that Mac is better Sunday at home. You just you hope he is. The the, the, the Colts off defense is significantly worse than the than the Jets defense. So you hope you get, he gets a little bit more time. You're able to call some some better plays. Um, you know, make some plays down the field and, and whatnot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think overall, as we're heading into, you know, as we're walking away from this game, I think that it's overall positive, but there's still a lot of question marks about this team moving forward. Um, and, you know, I just hope the fans do the right thing on on Sunday afternoon and give yeah, Mac please, a nice standing ovation. Do not, please do not boo him. It's just <laughs> it's like the worst I, thing they can do. And this is the thing, right? And and think about Mac, and and you know, I think uh, we didn't really talk about Mac quite enough, I don't think. But I the the thing with him is that he just he has so much heart out there, you know. Even when he's even when there are guys in his face, even when he's getting chased down, like 
to pick up those first downs, to run the way he ran today, I thought I thought impressed me. You know, he's a guy that doesn't quit on the team, that that is always, you know, doing his best and leaves it all out there. And I think that that's one of the reasons why the guys like him so much because he really does care and puts as much in as he can. And I'm not saying that Zappi doesn't do that. I just think, like, you can see he lives and dies every play. Um, and I think that the guys that the guys like that, you know. And so I was happy to see that. He's going to have to be better throwing the ball. He's just going to have to be better throwing the ball. Um, but you know, I think it was better today than it was on Monday for sure. And, uh, you know, if they're able to give him some time, hopefully if they're able to give him some time, then, then he'll be even better moving forward. I agree. So, all right, let's get out of here. We're an hour in, uh, thanks for listening everyone. We appreciate it. Barrett, uh, Barrett, I think, I think we're going to have you in on the, uh, on the instant reactions every, every game. Whether it's you know whether I'm there or Matt's there or whether we're all it's three three man weave, I think uh, I think I like what's going on here. So I think we're gonna have you on uh, all year. Sounds good and, to me. Reaction. So so I like that. So anyways, that's what we got. But thank you, uh, thank you for listening, guys. We appreciate it, and uh, and we will talk to you sometime uh, the middle of the week this week.